All right, get yourself a blue hymnal, if you will. We're going to sing number 453. 453. 22. And if you can, let's all stand. Let's all stand if you can. Jesus, I am not of 
to be seated. Well, we are glad y'all are here today. Good to have our visitors here today. Glad to have the Weeby family with us here today. Good to have them. And um, The only announcements I have is there will not be an evening service tonight, so we encourage you to spend time with your family and just to enjoy that. Let's lift up Christ this season, amen? And uh, uh, next Sunday is uh, New Year's Eve, and so we'll just be having regular services next week. But we will have a time of fellowship. If you want to bring some sandwiches and snacks, we can uh, have maybe a game night or something afterwards if you like to spend some time together. Uh, I'm an old man. I have absolutely no interest in staying here uh, <laughs> past 8.30. <laughs> but uh, uh, we, we'll, uh, we'll come and have a good time of fellowship afterwards. But uh, just pray that the Lord would bless. And, you know, uh, next year is coming, 2024. And, uh, and so a good way to start it is uh, let's, uh, uh, we have our devotional for every family. So if anybody would like one, please do grab one for your family. If we run out, we got more in the office. Uh, but uh, let me encourage you. Let's start the year off in, in, in the Word of God. Uh, let's start the year off with a desire to witness for God. Amen. And just pray that 2024 will be our best year yet. All right. We're gonna our men are going to come to receive our morning offerings at this time. Brother Wade, if you'd ask the Lord's blessing. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful to be in your house this morning, Lord. Lord, we just pray that uh, in the morning as everyone wakes up, Lord, they just uh, truly understand the true meaning of Christmas. Yes, Lord. Lord. The ultimate gift that you've given us uh, for our sins, Lord. 
Lord, we just uh, pray for all those who are traveling uh, over this holiday, Lord. Just, yes. just, uh, just be with all those who are sick, Lord. Just help heal them, Lord. Lord, we just uh, ask that you be with Pastor today as he yes. preaches your word, Lord. We just love you with all of our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. going to sing number 222 
special. So, Brother Reese, you come and play for us. Good job. Amen. Well, I want you to turn to that traditional Christmas text of Proverbs chapter 23, please. Amen. Proverbs 23. You know, we've been looking at, uh, the past month, we've been looking at unexpected people that the Lord spoke to around this season, the season of our Lord's birth. We don't know, of course, when he was born exactly. I was uh, doing a little study this week, and I was listening to a man that was convinced he was born on September 29th, and I don't really think it matters when. I just think it matters that he was. And uh, I'm so glad that he loved us enough to come to be born of a virgin, making him very man. He needed to be man. He needed to be God. And he needed to be that acceptable sacrifice. And he is, and he was, amen. And, uh, and so we do praise him for that. You know, it is the Christmas season, and, and as I think about that, I thought about all the people who in some way were just, they had to be overwhelmed with the fact that God loved them enough to come and to do that for them and to tell them about it, you know, if you will. And i got to be honest with you, I kind of feel that way all the time. You know, why me? And, and, and what a gift, amen. And, and by, by the way, aren't you glad it was a gift? Because if it was a wage, I would have lost it a long time ago. And so I, I'm just so thankful for that. But you know, uh, tomorrow and maybe even tonight, some of y'all might have different traditions. I don't know what they are. To me, Christmas is really more about family and uh, getting together and, and, and enjoying that. And part of the fun is gift exchange. When you're a young person, it's about what you're going to get. And uh, when it's an old person, it's, you know, what you're going to give, you know, usually. It, it just kind of changes roles. And, and then, of course, for the fathers, it's all about, oh, yeah, I'm glad I got you that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not always like that, but it's like that sometimes, amen. And so I kind of want to talk about gift exchange today, gift exchange with our Lord. We know this, that the Lord is the one who gave, amen. God so loved the world that he gave, amen. And so praise the Lord for the gift of Jesus Christ, his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his, if you will, his raising from the dead, his atoning sacrifice. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of glad for the promise that he's coming again. Uh, Brother Gary touched this morning in devotion about what a mess this world is in. Aren't you glad that someday he's taking us out? Amen. And uh, that's going to be a gift too. But I do want to talk about gift exchange. What is it that we can give the Lord, especially at this season? You know, what is it that we can give? And I thought about that. I thought about uh, Proverbs here. And verse 15 is the context for this portion of Scripture. 
the Bible says this. It says, uh, Proverbs 23, verse 15, it says, my, my son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. And then he goes on, he talks about how to have a wise heart, if you will, and the things to do and the things to avoid to take and to have a wise heart. And, uh, and then he concludes, or at least the, the high point, if you will, in this message, because it goes through the whole chapter. But the high point in this, in this is in verse 26, if you will. In verse 26, the Bible says this, My son, give me thine heart. My son, give me thine heart. Verse 26, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Father, we love you and we thank you for the privilege to sing your praises this morning. We thank you for your word that is true. We can have confidence in it. We thank you for the health that we enjoy so that we can assemble here together. And Father, we just do want to just uh, give back that which you've first given unto us. Father, we thank you for saving our soul, our heart. And Father, now we just pray that we give our heart and our life back to you. Father, you are worthy. Pray that you'd be with those who are apart from us. Pray that you'd be with those that we have opportunity to minister to and witness to in the days ahead. And Father, more than anything, we're just grateful. A grateful people in a thankful time. We love you and we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, like I said, as we approach Christmas, my my mind kind of turned to exchanging of gifts. Whenever I think of that, I always think about my grandma Bradshaw. My grandma Bradshaw, uh, she was she was special to me. Um, um, It was reminded me the other day. I don't know who we were talking or what we were talking about. That she was the very first funeral I ever preached. And uh, I don't really suffer from stage fright. I never have too bad. And, and I remember the, the day I preached her funeral, and they had some mementos of her life up on the table, and one of which was a Christmas gift. It was the last gift that she ever gave. And I'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, as I looked at that, it just became real, real to me and special to me. And when I turned around to start preaching to my family, I started bawling like a baby, and I... If you know me, I don't cry and I don't bawl like a baby. I mean, I, I might shed a tear here and there. but um, And really what broke me was that gift. I'll just never forget it. My grandma was very special for her. She had an aluminum Christmas tree. You guys remember those? You put them on the, uh, the rotating thing and you shine the lights on it and everything. Christmas was always a big deal. There was always a mountain of gifts. And boy, would I like to have some of those back because they're all in the... You know, the, get, the, the old toys that you can't afford anymore, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and uh, anyhow, I, you know, I, I remember that. And I remember that when I finally got of age where I finally had my own money. And I could buy my, my grandma a gift. And please forgive me, but my grandma, she used to have chin hairs, okay? And she used to ask me to help her take them out because she couldn't see, Okay. And she, she had this big old magnifying glass. I'm sorry I'm reminiscing here. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> you had to take that big old magnifying glass and get the chin hairs. And so I had a job, and, and they were selling automatic tweezers. Woohoo! Battery-powered tweezers about this big. And you would take and press it, and they would go Meant a lot to me. And uh, I remember giving her that, and of course, you know, she, she was tickled that her grandson got her something. 
The last gift I ever got from her was a, a jar of macaroni. And some of you may or may not remember, but the government cheese truck used to go around. I think they still have it, but they just distribute it a different way. But back in our day, they would have a truck. You would meet at a certain time. You would go get your government cheese. And one of the things that they gave her that year was uh, macaroni. And she didn't have any money, but she loved Christmas. And uh, she took that government cheese, by the way, which was Velveeta, which you couldn't afford, but the government was giving it away. You know what I'm talking about? And she gave us slices of of Velveeta and uh, government Velveeta, I don't know what it was called, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I'm sorry, my mind's racing about all the details, I gotta stop here. Velveeta comes like this now, it used to come like this, okay, anyhow. <laughs> and she took that bag of macaroni and she found some old canning jars and she poured the macaroni into a canning jar and closed the lid on it. And that was your, that was your present for Christmas. I was in my 20s, I was in my 20s. It might be the most memorable, most special gift I ever got because it wasn't about what it cost. It was about what it meant. Amen? And folks, I gotta tell you, God has given us the greatest gift you can ever have. God gave us the gift of a Savior. You know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it really doesn't mean the extent, I always make this point, it doesn't mean the extent of his love. We know that his love was infinite. But it talks about the manner in which he demonstrated his love was by giving his life. Uh, he didn't deserve to die. You know who deserved to die? I deserved to die. And yet he said this in a sense, he says, as my gift to you, I'm going to die for you. Now I want you to think about that. If we could take and personalize it just like that, that is the gift that you were given. And we're so glad that Jesus Christ was born and we can tell the story and we can talk about all the people who were involved at the time. But we need to realize this, that in a sense the gift was, I'll take your sin, I'll pay for it, I'll die, the wages of sin is death. And whosoever believeth in me, if you just call on me, I will give you the gift of everlasting life. And we just need to remember just how great that gift was. You know, there's, uh, you guys know me, I like looking at different places at, 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 at times where you're supposed to look at certain texts. I want you to go to John chapter 17. I want you to go to John chapter 17. Some people call this the Lord's high priestly prayer. Uh, some people call this the Lord's prayer as opposed to the Lord's model prayer. You know, the Lord's model prayer was, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That, that's not a prayer he told us to pray. He said pray this way. He's saying this is the type of prayer you should pray. But folks, this is Jesus' prayer. And this is, if, if you will, the last prayer that he gave, if you will, at least, I mean, he had other small ones, but this, this is, this is the, his example prayer, or the most important prayer. And John chapter 17 gives that to us, verses 1 through 26. And I, I know I could take and just hit the high points, but folks, I want you to read this prayer. God so what? God so loved. I want you to see if you can see the love in this prayer. 
In John chapter 17 and verse 1, the Bible says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son may also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. By the way, he was given many opportunities to turn around. And he said, no, <laughs> I'm going to finish my course. I wonder what bound him. That's exactly what it was. God so loved. Amen. Verse 5, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them. Amen. But he didn't just give his life, he gave his words. Amen. I've given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I am come from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. By the way, how many of you all are glad that you can have a sure salvation? Amen. Amen. The Bible says, uh, all and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Uh, listen, I remember talking about that glow of joy that you get when you've bought the presents, they've been wrapped, and and now the ones that you love are getting to open them. And it, I don't know about you, there's a joy in that, isn't there? And if you will, that's kind of what he's talking about here. Amen. The Bible says, verse 11, it says, Now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I have come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name uh, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. By the way, notice what he said. He said, keep them. i got to ask a question here. Any of you all got a special... Christmas present wish you could have back because you've, you've destroyed it? A toy, a slot car track, a bike, a car. Come on. You guys know what I'm talking about? You, you know what he said? He said, don't let them lose it. I'm sorry. I, there's a Baptist church in it. Don't let them lose it. Why? Because I love them too much to have them not have it. Amen. The Bible says in verse 12, it says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil the evil or the evil one. Amen. Protect them. I love them. Keep them safe. By the way, folks, this, this, this prayer still applies to us. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through thy truth. Neither pray for I, these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Folks, he was praying for us. Praise God. 
that they all might be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, and that, that they may be uh, one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that thou may be, may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. And folks, think about that. The, he says, Father, you love me the same way you love them. Wow. That's a, that's a love to contemplate, isn't it? I'll ask you this. How many of y'all know this? Christmas happens too fast sometimes. I mean, the, the gifts that you spent time, hey, what do you want? And finding the means to buy it, and then you wrap it as beautifully as you can, and, and then you present it, and then it goes, <laughs> and it's over. Amen. He, he's basically saying this, help them to know the love I had for them in that, and help them, listen, help them to show that love down the road. By the way, love for, for the Lord, when he loves us, he likes when we love the next generation. Parents, we ought to love our children. Amen. And can I just say this? We ought to even love the lost around us. I, I was, I, Mindy and I, uh, I think you guys know, we had opportunity to go to uh, the, the pastor's couples, married couples retreat. And it was probably the best one I've ever been to. And maybe it was just because the messages were so timely. But I, I will tell you one of the things that touched me is he talked about people who have fallen messed up their lives. He was talking about preachers. But he, he basically came with this question. He says, where can they go to church? What, what he meant is every time they go somewhere, people's going to know they, they've messed up. Right? And they need to feel comfortable even having messed up yeah. to be able to have come to church and love. Be loved. Now, I'm not going I'm, to, I'm not pointing at that because I, if I point, we're, I'm pointing at everybody, but any of y'all ever mess up? How many of y'all glad that God loves you enough that he's always the father waiting, and as soon as you turn around, he comes to receive you? Amen. Praise God, that's love. And he says this, he says, listen, if you want to love me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to love each other like that. And I got to tell you, sometimes that's hard for us as Christians. Well, you don't know what they've done. Please take this the right way. How many of y'all know that God knows everything we've done? And yet he loves us. And it's all about that gift exchange. Listen, I gave it to you. Would, you. would you give it to somebody else? Would you pass it on? Have grace and have mercy and have love and have long-suffering. Amen. We'll look at that more here in a second. The Bible says this, uh, verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Amen. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, when I get to come back to heaven, let them come. Amen. Wow. By the way, what's the greatest gift you ever got? Yeah. A jar of macaroni was the second best gift I ever got. Amen. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. 
and these have known that thou hast sent me. Why? Because he told them. He says, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. I want you to think about this. God gave the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Amen. And then, if you will, he, he, he gave us, if you will, uh, the gifts necessary for service. Go, go just real quick. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. So not only did he give us salvation, but he gave us so much more. He gives and he gives and he giveth again, if you will. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 The Bible talks about the gifts that he gives to the church, okay? And he says in verse 11, he says, uh, uh, he says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, okay? And I think you guys know, you could take any of these texts and, and preach a whole message. But notice what he says. He says, I've gifted the church so that they have the tools that they need to do what I've asked them to do, okay? Um, anybody here ever suffer from lack of confidence? Yeah. Some of y'all didn't have enough confidence to do this, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Picking on you a little bit. You know what God said? He said, I've gifted people to give you confidence. Because I know I've asked you some hard things to do. And because I love you, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you some people to take and to encourage you that way. Till what? Till verse 13, the Bible says, Till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, that doesn't mean sinless, that means mature, complete, if you will. He says, Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Y'all get that metaphor? If you were here for Gary's devotion this morning, he talked about compromise. And if you will, churches that bounce from trend to trend to trend, and there's no stability. You, we have an anchor. Amen. And the Bible says, I've gifted some people to give you an anchor that we're not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Every man. Okay, so there's some stability there. And we talk about the old-fashioned gospel, and sometimes that becomes a negative truth or a negative word. Can I tell you what, what? Thank God for people standing by the truth. Now, listen, trends and styles change, amen? This ought never, never change, amen? And so the Bible says uh, that, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about within every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive uh, other verses say so they can take your money, essentially, okay, or have power over you. But the Bible says this, but speaking the truth, how? I love you. You love them. Amen? Am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, please know this, that if I've told you the truth, hopefully I was motivated by love. Amen. The Bible says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, by which every joint supplieth according to effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. What does I say? What? In love. Okay. 
So if you will, God says this. He says, listen, I've, I've gifted people in the church to take and to teach you the doctrine so that you have a stable life and so that you can take and serve me, motivated by the same motivation I had. Lord, I loved you, and I came, and I did, and, and now, okay? And, and, and so here's what I want them to do, and I want to give them the ability to do that, okay? Praise God. He gifted, if you will. Now, I'm, the church is more than a pastor, Y'all with me? And the Bible says every joint supplies. Y'all thankful for your church? Because it's a gift from God. And I will tell you this, many of you know this, there are people in this world searching, dying for a church. I'll share this with you. I won't give any names, but it happens occasionally on a regular basis. People will, will say thank you so much for broadcasting the sermons, okay? And I know sometimes we say, well, just stop doing it. No, I get too many people, they're, they're thankful that they can listen to a good sermon. And it breaks my heart, to be honest with you. Why? Because there's so many places where there's not enough good churches. Amen. Well, I'd be thankful for this gift. If you will, he gives gifts to the church. He gives gifts to the individual members. Go to Romans chapter 12. All of us have been given different gifts. Uh, according to what we just looked at, we can confidently use them. Okay, We don't have to be uh, ashamed of our gift. Uh, we don't have to apologize for our gift. Our gift is our gift. Okay, uh, I, was, I was really enjoying last week during the Christmas program all these young people that played the piano, and they all did such a good job. But the thing that was so interesting about it is every one of them had a different style. And I was watching them. Everyone had a different way of playing, and yet it was just so beautiful. And, uh, and so, the whole listen, there's a lot of ways to do the same job. Okay? And God has said this, that I've given you all gifts, and you're fitly joined together. It's for the edification of the body. Amen. And then he mentions what they are, if you will. In Romans chapter 12 and uh, verse 1, the Bible says this. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Know what he's saying? He says, I gifted you so that you could serve me. And now I'm begging you, that's beseech, what? That you present that gift. Amen. That you present that gift, okay? Uh, Christmas time sometimes is about missing things. Uh, every Christmas uh, for the past 20 plus years, I have missed black eyed peas, okay? I got one amen. <laughs> uh, my, gram my other grandma made the world's best black eyed peas, and we always got to eat them at Christmas time around that, around that time, amen? And uh, now I'm forgetting why I'm telling you this. <laughs> Illustration. Oh, here we go. Here, here we go. She had a gift for black eyed peas. Okay. Now, can I be controversial for just a second? Black eyed peas should never be dried. Not a, not a controversy here, apparently. <laughs> Our black eyed peas were green and had little green bean looking things in them and then little bacon fat. Y'all aren't for bacon fat. I can't believe you guys know anything about it. Well, it's special to me. <laughs> Please take this the right way, though. I miss those black-eyed peas every year. 
His grandma's not around anymore. And folks, it's one thing when somebody's passed and gone on. But it's another thing when you're missing the gift and they're here and available. Go back to verse 1. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Apostle Paul is saying, I'm begging you, if God's given you a gift, and God has gifted every one of us, and if you will, the Bible again explains this, that if you do without, it's like doing without a part of your body, amen? And you might not think it's a very important part, but it, as soon as you're missing it, it becomes an important part, amen? And so if you will, it breaks my heart you guys don't know about black eyed peas. <laughs> So anyhow, if you will, he gives gifts to individual members for service and then also for filling in the gaps. Here, here's what I, th I thought about this. Look at verses 3 through 8 because it talks about all the different gifts that are given. He says, uh, I want to go through this fast. Um, uh, if you, it, verse 3 says, don't think too highly of your gift. The Bible says not everybody has the same gift in verse 4. In verse 5, the Bible says that we're members one of another just like a body. And then he says, uh, some of you minister and some of you teach and some of you exhort, some of you give, some of you uh, 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 rule, some of you show mercy. Okay, and then he says, do all this without dissimulation. That means hypocrisy or that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. And so if you will, he says, now I've given you all these gifts. Go through that list. Which one do you have? By the way, I think you can have all of them. All right. But I also think some of us have some, some people, I, I, I like using this illustration here. Any of y'all like showing mercy? Could everybody do me a favor and look around this room. Not one hand. How many of you all think mercy would be a good thing to have in a church? Amen? Now, now a few of you are going, oh, okay, I'll raise my hand. <laughs> I'm serious about that. We need some people to lead. We need some people to minister. And by the way, sometimes those jobs are easy to fill. But the one showing mercy sometimes. The one who exhorts. There, there's someone here, uh, not here today, that, that they're, they're an encouragement to me. They exhort me all the time. I, I appreciate them, amen. It's just a little word here or there. Appreciate it, amen. Do, do we need those things? Now, please take this the right way. What is a wife described as? She is a help. Let's slow it down. It's not help meet. She is a help meet for us. Meaning, that she fills in the gaps of our inabilities in our lives. And she is perfectly designed to meet your needs. I use the illustration all the time. Mindy and I are polar opposites, but it's a good thing because my strengths are her weaknesses and her strengths are my weaknesses. And it just works. Y'all understand? Well, folks, the same illustration is with the body of Christ. God gifted you to fill in the gaps and please take this the right way, but we just admitted that sometimes some of those are a little bit harder to show than others. Come on. By the way, I hate to say this, but I think it needs to be said. Mercy doesn't mean making excuses for people. But you can't show mercy on somebody. You ever seen that somebody do something stupid and hurt themselves? What's your first response? Everybody just did it. What's your second response? Hey, that might have hurt. Yeah. 
I was out here one day, and I, I don't want to pick on them, so I won't say who did it, but I, we were out here, and we were having a work day back when this back lot used to get grown up, you know, get grown up three and four feet tall, and about three times a year, we'd go and cut it down. We were having one of those work days, and, and I was on an old mower that I had, and, and I'm bebopping along, and uh, I hit a rock and bounced into the barbed wire fence. And it gashed me about four inches, and I just started bleeding. And, uh, and, and, and you know, just, <laughs> I got wonderful ministry immediately. It was like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I could use a nurse. <laughs> okay. And so my whole point is, you know, mercy sometimes isn't our gift, but sometimes mercy's needed. Sometimes an encouraging word is needed. You can take a look and see when somebody's eyes are down, you know. And I'm going to confess a sin right now. Anybody here ever needing encouragement, somebody gives it to you and you wave them off? We're all guilty of it because I know I do it. I know I do it. No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, can I just say this? If God's given you a gift, keep, keep uh, ministering your gift even if it's not responded to, and even if sometimes people act like they don't need it, you might find that people need those things more than they're willing to confess to. Amen? If you will, God gives gifts to the church. God gives gifts to us to minister in the church. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not going to read all these gifts here. Okay? But if you go through... uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it kind of describes everything that we just looked at, okay? Basically, God's given us gifts, and we're supposed to be using them in the body, and if it doesn't happen, then we're missing out and everything like that. It talks about the priority of gifts, meaning everybody wants to be an eyeball, but nobody wants to be a foot, but how does the eyeball get anywhere without a foot, okay? And if you will, it talks about all that. But the thing that's interesting to me about that is God gave gifts to the church, and God gave gifts to the individuals, but he gives this whole passage in chapter 12 saying, and use this gift for this reason in this way, da-da-da-da-da-da. You all with me? But notice the last verse of chapter 12. He's talking about all the different gifts you could have, and everybody wanted the showy gifts, okay? And he says this, he says, well, don't worry about that. He says, but covet earnestly. By the way, is coveting a sin? This is the 10th commandment. Now, having said that, folks, he just commanded us to covet. You know what that means? That means there's bad coveting and there's good coveting. (laughs) Okay? Bad coveting is when you want something for yourself. Good coveting. Anybody here ever done without so you could buy a present for somebody? Because you loved them. Amen? Well, think about this. That's exactly what he's saying in this verse. But covet earnestly the best gifts. Well, what are the best gifts? That's, oh, it's got to be speaking in tongues. That's the context of that passage of Scripture, by the way. He says, he says and yet, I, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And folks, you know chapter 13 is the love chapter of the Bible. You know what he's saying? He said, no, I gave every one of you a gift. Okay? But the only way to benefit anybody with that gift is to be motivated by love. Why did God the Father send His Son? Because He loved Him. 
loved us. Why did the son go to the cross? Because he loved the father. He loved us. Amen. By the way, did he want to go? Y'all forget that he, right before they prayed, if this cup may pass from me. Amen. <coughs> and God says this. He said, listen, I've, I've gifted and gifted and gifted. But none of it will mean anything unless it's motivated by love. And you know how he describes love. I, I'm not going to go into it too far because you're familiar. But in verse 4, the Bible says charity, that's love, love in action, if you will. Charity is long-suffering, suffereth long, okay? Is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Well, I just stop and pause. Don't raise your hand or squirm or anything. Any of y'all got problems with those things besides me? If you don't, then you probably don't know what the words mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be clever. I'm just trying to. The Bible says, Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And by the way, if you don't have anything else to, to meditate on for 2024, meditate on that. You get that and everything else will work out. And I always like to remember the next part there. Say it with me. Charity never. Charity doesn't fail. God says, I gave you a gift for this body right here. And each individual has something. You need to discover what it is and ask God to use it. Well, what should my motivation be? So I can be a big wig in the church? No, just so that you can love. Because that's the only reason I did anything. God so loved the world. God gave us the greatest gift ever. He gave us our Savior, Jesus Christ. God gave the gifts necessary for his service, and then he begs us to serve him. Why? Well, folks, think about it. He's still got one more thing to give you. I, I don't know what our rewards are going to be in heaven, but the only reward that God has spoken of is a crown. And the Bible says that he's going to give different crowns for different types of service. I, you've heard me preach on it. I I personally believe we're going to get one crown. It's going to be a unique design. It'll have different aspects. It's kind of like a military uniform. You'll be able to look at it and know why you got it. I just That's my opinion. Okay. But the Bible says, folks, whenever the lamb comes into the room, Revelation chapter 4, and he sits on his throne, the Bible says we all cast our crowns at his feet. Have you ever meditated on that? Because I have. Why do you think we're throwing our crowns at his feet? Thou art worthy. Yeah, but I think it's more than that. You know what I think it is? Is you're going to be standing in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who loved you enough to become a human being. Amen? And you're going to realize that every perfect gift and every, every good gift and every perfect gift have descended from him. Amen? And take this the right way, but this is what the Lord laid on my heart this last week. You're going to be ashamed to be wearing that crown. This, this doesn't belong on my head. Amen? And just the love you have for all that he did for you, you're going to take that crown and you're going to cast it at his feet because he alone is worthy. Why? Because he is the only one who ever truly, always loved. God is love. And people like to take and 
use that against him sometimes. But maybe we should just meditate on that and just think about that perfect gift of love that he's given us. And then he asks only one thing back. By the way, he didn't command them to throw the crowns. Proverbs 23. My son, give me thine heart. Let's have a gift exchange this year with our Lord. He gave us from a heart of love everything that is good and right and perfect. And all he's asking back is one thing. Give me your heart. That's the song I want to sing for invitation. If God's touched your heart in any way you want to come and and pray or anything, uh, the invitation will be from the Lord and for you. Let's all stand. I'm sorry I didn't say that. Let's all stand. Number 366. 366. Listen, if God's touched your heart in any way, why don't you come as we sing?